Welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast, where you'll hear inspiring stories and life lessons from amazing Hell Yes entrepreneurs who are running their for-purpose businesses and living their Hell Yes lives. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey there, Hell Yes Lifers. This is Norman Bell, and welcome to another episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. And today on the podcast, I have as my special guest, Rachel Doyle, and she is the founder of Glamour Gals, which is a great organization. We're going to be learning all about that. I think as I've said before, I'm kind of skipping the whole, you know, formal bio, reading the formal bio thing, and we're just going to dive right into our interview today. And Rachel's going to kind of unpack everything that she's been up to. So Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. All right. Right. And I always like to start by asking my guests, what is your hell yes? What's that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? My hell yes would definitely be action. You know, a lot of people talk about stuff. A lot of people complain about stuff. (laughs) And I think I found I'm one of those people who if they find a way to do something, I just want to get it done. So I would say my hell yes is getting things done. Getting things done. That sounds good. And this kind of time right now where, you know, I I, even myself am tempted to just kind of grind away and kind of worry about like, oh, what's going to happen and what's going on. Um, I like that that action orientation. So Rachel, why don't you- Right now. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel really paralyzed right now. So I feel like just recognizing, just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. And for anybody who's listening to this at a, at a later date, we're kind of at the beginning of June of 2020. Uh, so anybody who's listening to this, you know, around this time will know what that means. Uh, we're in the midst of the uh, coronavirus pandemic and everything else that's going on in the world, kind of a tumultuous time that we're all going through, obviously. And Helios Lifers out there, just a, a nod to you. You know, surely you are going through, you know, your story of this. So I hope you're doing well today. So Rachel, why don't you, can you give us kind of the 30,000 foot view of, tell us about Glamour Gals and everything that you're up to. So Glamour Gals is an organization I started 20 years ago. I was in high school when I began it. And I never dreamed that 20 years later, I would be on a podcast sharing about two decades worth of experience. But here we are. That's awesome. I guess it's that hell yes, get it done nature. It's an organization I started in honor of my grandmother. And it was to honor her. And as a teenager, I just loved fashion and beauty and makeup. And I thought, why can't I take the things that I love and make someone smile? And that was where Glamour Gals was born out of in January of 2000, literally kind of before the World Wide Web. I hosted my first Glamour Gals makeover with two volunteers. And now, 20 years later, we are spread throughout the country, serving over 100 communities with upwards of 1,500 volunteers in 18 different states. So we're really a movement, uh, not just an organization. Amazing. Amazing. Great. Great. Thanks for that overview, that introduction. That's amazing. You know, you started this when you were, you know, 17 years old. Now you have 20 years of experience doing this. That's amazing. And I always love to kind of drill down into different pieces of people's stories. So take us back. So you said that your grandmother inspired you to do this. And so you have these love of fashion and your grandmother, take us there a little bit, like take us to the first spark of this. It was really when my grandmother passed away and she was in a senior home. 
And 20 years ago, senior care was much different. A lot of people didn't understand Alzheimer's. There weren't the options for different types of care that there are today. I mean, there's definitely a still, I think we're seeing, there's a long way to go in, in improving that care. But, you know, two decades ago and in, in living through the, the fact that my, my grandmother passed away because she had stopped eating and she was 93 and there is a rampant depression within institutional care. And I, I think it moved me to say, you know, I want to do something. I, I want to change that. I want to have a grandmother for a day and I want the experience to be meaningful. And it's, I was very involved in lots of different, you know, clubs and activities and service things, walking a walk, collecting a can of food, but you never actually met and connected with the people you were impacting. And with mm. Glamour Gals, we would walk into the local senior home, sit down in an activities room and start a conversation with someone we'd never met who is from a totally different era, you know, generation. And, you know, it all started with, you know, would you like a Glamour Gals makeover? What color nail polish would you like? And our key programming is going into local senior homes and providing companionship and our signature program of complimentary beauty makeovers. Clearly with COVID, that has shifted. Yeah. But for the past 20 years, we've been lucky enough to be able to honor my grandmother's memory, create this journey for so many young people around the country to engage with an older generation in a way that sort of pulls down all the misconceptions or, you know, fear that they have about connecting with a different generation and start a conversation. That's, that's amazing and great work. And we'll talk a little bit more in a minute about how, you know, obviously things have shifted for the program with everything that's going on with COVID-19. I want to still kind of stay on that moment for just a minute of your decision to do this, right? For the benefit of our listeners out there who might be, you know, like we said, this is kind of a paralyzing time, but you just talked about action orientation. And I think unlike many people that might've been in the same situation that might've heard, oh, my grandmother died in a nursing home that might have said, oh, that's, you know, they might have felt bad about that, but not, you know, done anything specific about it. What made you at that moment when you learned about that decide to kind of take this specific action? You know, I don't think it was the moment when she actually passed away, because I think in the moment yeah. you're, you're dealing with grief, you're dealing sure. with these really intense emotions. It was going back to the experience I had maybe a couple months before, uh, I had grown up in New York. My grandmother was living in Nevada. She was, I actually never called her grandma. I called her Teeny. Um, her name was Justine. And she rode motorcycles. You know, Nevada, there's a lot of, uh, she, she played the slots, you know? <laughs> she was like a wild woman, you know, okay. living her life out there. And I remember the time that we went to the local mall and we were walking around the mall and the security person like stopped her and said like, oh, would you like a wheelchair to like sit down? And she was like, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, we're going to walk them all together. And we walked by one of those really cheesy photo studio places that uh, was called Glamour Shots. I don't know if you were, <laughs> you know, if you remember that it was like the 1980s, like big hair, you do your makeup and you get pictures. And it was kind of like a special thing you did with someone. And we actually inquired to maybe do it with me and my grandmother. And it was too expensive. And it was going back to that moment where, man, it would have been so wonderful 
to take the time to get a little dolled up, take a photo together and have that as a memory together. And I think in that moment of, in those moments of, of grief and wanting to do something to rectify that feeling, I went back to the experience I had had and I didn't have. And I said, you know what? That's what I want. I want to have the experience with someone where we make them feel special and dignified and it's enjoyable for everybody. And it makes sense to me as a teenager. I love fashion, beauty, and makeup to do something and use the tool that I'm so familiar with to connect people. And it didn't happen overnight, you know, and thinking about wanting to start something. I remember thinking about the idea in August of 1999, so not soon after she had passed away. And then during the fall, I approached a local senior home. And I remember going into the senior home that maybe I like played my violin during the holidays, you know, and I approached the activities director and said, you know, I have this idea called Glamour Gals, where we'd come in and give complimentary beauty makeovers and hang out with the residents. And she immediately turned to me and was like, who's your corporate sponsor? Who's the adult involved? And I'm like writing this down, like, um, I'll get back to you. I walked out the double doors into my mom's minivan being like, you're an adult. (laughs) Will you help me out? And then this was back in the day of the yellow pages, which I think is probably a really fun phone iPhone cover for people or a doorstop (laughs) right now, if it even exists. But I opened up the yellow pages and I started cold calling and pitching my idea to companies and, you know, to find that corporate sponsor. And then fast forward to January of 2000, we had our very first makeover with donated, you know, supplies and uh, two volunteers. Awesome. Awesome. Well, what I hear there is persistence. Again, just thinking of not every person, you know, including myself, sometimes I'm like, oh, never mind. You know, like, you know, when you heard that from the person at the senior home, like, well, who's the adult here? Uh, Who's your corporate sponsor? That could have been a moment of, oh, never mind, you know, but no, you took action, you went, you took the next step and moved forward. So that's a great example. Hell yes, lifers listening out there, you know, every, everything is just new information that you can use to move forward, right? As a social entrepreneur, you, you're constantly faced with challenges. And if, if the challenge excites you to find the answer, you're probably going to be a great entrepreneurial type. Yeah. If the challenge paralyzes you, or makes you inactive, yeah. maybe you go work for a company. <laughs> Don't start your own. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, or kind of deal with that stuff and yeah, you know, try to move know. through it. But yeah, this is, this is where we want to be like in, in Rachel's action orientation. So, okay. So then, then what? So I, I was like walking people through their, you know, kind of the progression of things. So you do that first makeover and tell me about that. Unbeknownst to me, the activities director sent out a press release about the event. The Glamour Gals are coming, literally me and my two friends from homeroom. We're coming to the senior home to do this for the first time. And the press came. So we actually had a New York Times reporter, two local newspapers. And at the time I was filming for a live television show. Like I uh, was on a live television show in New York City, an after school thing. And they allowed me to create a documentary about Glamour Gals, this thing I was kind of creating. So on YouTube, I actually have our very first Glamour Gals makeover. I want to preface it with, I had a very thick New York accent then. (laughs) And two, I, you know, 
you don't have to wear candy striping outfits. We have cute t-shirts and you just wear whatever you want. The senior home made us wear those outfits, but it was all captured on video. The very first Glamour Girls makeover. Wow. I remember before walking into that room, I was terrified. I was thinking if I mess this up, like the New York times is going to write about it. Like my life is over. You know, a teenager, we make everything really dramatic. So. Sure. And then like literally, I remember standing outside the door, peering in and seeing like the two volunteers, the three ladies, and then like all this staff, all this press and, you know, people's parents just kind of like waiting for us to start. And I thought back to, well, why? Why am I here? It's to make someone smile. Yeah. It's to connect with someone. And I sort of said, who cares about all that other stuff? Yeah. I'm here for the reason I, you know, I started Glamour Gals in honor of my grandmother, something to do with my friends, to connect with the seniors. And I sort of shut everything else out and walked in that door and really just enjoyed myself. And nice. that's the beauty of a Glamour Gals makeover. It's the simplicity of just enjoying someone's company and connecting yeah. with them. That's great. And I, I can think of, I was going over some of my past podcast interviews and there was somebody that, you know, had a similar, I mean, different, you know, different circumstances, but a similar journey of like, you know, they were kind of starting to panic a little bit about why, why am I doing this? And then they remembered why they were doing this, like kind of the, the purpose behind what they were doing and it, it centered them. So I appreciate you sharing that. Right out of the gate then. So you have a New York Times reporter there, you know, people are crowding around. Why do you think there was such, you know, an amount of attention just right out of the gate? With hindsight is knowledge. So when you look at the history of America and see that in the next 20 years, U.S. will be the oldest it's ever been. So the population pyramid is going to be like this rather than this, how it's been in other parts of history, and that the senior citizens are going to be the largest demographic of, you know, in our, hopefully still after COVID, thinking about just being a little relevant right now. But yeah. back then thinking about, you know, this is a huge population that we're going to have to work with on socially, financially, politically, just quality of life. There's so many issues revolving around the need for care and connection to the seniors in our society that I think the New York Times article represents the recognition of all the different generations saying, that's like my mom there. My daughter would love this program. My great uncle would have loved to. Like everybody has a personal angle to it. It's, yeah. it's your mom, it's your grandma, it's your aunt, it's your daughter, it's your son. All these different pieces of the family can be involved in a program like this. So I think I really tapped into a need and a demand yeah. because 60% of seniors in care were not visited. That's the statistic. Now, 100% of seniors are not being visited. Yeah. So we recognize there's a need, just like any organization or company or business or whatever you want to create. If there's a real need and a demand and you're there to fill it with something that's accessible and welcoming, people are going to gravitate towards it. Yeah. So the, the New York Times article was just the beginning. That year was ended with Oprah. <laughs> oh, really? Oprah, yes. So it went from New York Times, CBS, Oprah. I, I think I had probably a million dollars worth of press uh, in my, my first year of operation. But wow. what it made me realize is that this is bigger than me. This, yeah. is, this isn't Rachel's project. 
And with that comes the responsibility to put a structure and have a plan, shift into a, a leadership role that I didn't you know, necessarily plan on being in, but was, was sort of moved into given the circumstances. Well, that's really interesting. And that actually, my, my next question was going to be what kind of kept you going with this? Because as a 17-year-old, I could imagine, again, maybe a lot of other people might have been like, well, this is fun for a year or two, but I'm going to move on to something else. But I guess getting on Oprah might kind of propel you forward, you know, et cetera. But just to acknowledge that too, that maybe it's in some ways, it's such a simple act to a simple idea, which is, you know, many of the best ideas are simple ideas of like, hey, let's have people go in, young people go in and connect with an older generation by giving them a makeover. But that there's so much isolation in this country of in nursing homes and so forth that that almost probably seemed like a revolutionary idea at the time. So that that's great. So then, you know, I do want to get up to where we are today, but just briefly, can you give us an, an overview of so from that first, I'm glad, and thanks for kind of unpacking that, those stories. I always know that there's some great stories in there. So it's great to hear about your grandma, your grandmother, and, and also that first, that first experience. So then take it forward from there. So then, then basically, yeah, instead of just going, well, that was fun for two years, you decided to kind of step into this, this, you know, this leadership role, realizing that there's a greater purpose here. So then what happened? Absolutely. I think when... I graduated high school. I remember sitting on the couch with like my dad saying, so what am I going to do with this Glamour Gals thing? Like, do I continue it? And then just thinking about the responsibility I had to all the people who continued to reach out, you know, every month getting those emails and getting those phone calls at school, like literally being called to down to the main office because somebody dropped 50 packages of disposable applicators because they saw us on a local news channel and said, I want to support you in this. And people much bigger, more influential than myself, sort of saying, keep doing what you're doing. It's a lot mm. of work, but I'm recognizing it. And I was lucky enough to have that recognition in the media for the organization to help encourage other people to get involved. And then, you know, myself taking the responsibility to say, as a leader, I I loved the entrepreneurial community and creating business plans and strategic direction and, and really learning about how to organize and create a structure around something. Again, it's great to have an idea. It's great to have a cause. But if you don't have any sort of organization or structure around it, it's never going to get anywhere. Mm. You know, you're never going to get to really make the impact that you hope to make. And that really happened at college. You know, in college, I... I challenged myself by taking things like accounting that wasn't in my major. I just said, I think a good person, good business person should know accounting, you know? So <laughs> it was making sure, yes, I had the heart, but I also wanted to have the skills and the strategy. And then from there, invite other experts in. So building councils and boards that I of much more knowledgeable professionals than myself. And I remember holding like conference calls on a pay telephone in a broom closet in between classes uh, in college to like organize these professionals. Yeah. And which I don't think broom closets, pay telephones, it's like part of history now. Like what are those things? Mm -hmm. But I, you know, and I put that structure around in college and then after college, it just, the demand continued to grow. The organization continued to grow. We refined the, the chapter strategy as the volunteers grew up and graduated. They insisted to me that or to us as an organization that they can do this in college or after high school too and that's 
we created our college chapters from there, which are about 25% of our volunteer base. And then, you know, now moving into the 20th year and, you know, on social media, we use the hashtag GG movement because we don't see ourselves as an organization. We see ourselves as a movement, a movement of young people who care about the older people in their society. They care about engaging in ways that are meaningful and dignified. And in that process, they themselves are transformed by the experience. So Mm -hmm. as an organization, we provide that structure and support on a national level, but that allows our local chapters to be creative and bring their own, their own ideas to the table and, and how to do service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like obviously the idea kind of came through you for this organization, but then it's just the momentum of it has propelled, I mean, not to say that you didn't play a part, obviously, you know, you founded this organization, but that all the way along the way, it sounds like you were getting all kinds of encouragement from other people that this thing had a kind of a life of its own to a certain extent. Does that sound Absolutely. Right? I think you're picking up on the idea of, I, I, for many years and sometimes still today, <laughs> I feel like I'm chasing after it. And oh, I wow. think when you're chasing after something, it's because there's a demand and a need that yeah. is constantly reassuring you saying, wait, I still need you. The, yeah. the community still needs you. The seniors still need you. The teens still need you. My daughter still needs you. Like it's not necessarily a validation of me, but it's a validation to the importance of the work that we're doing and how it transforms people's lives mm-hmm. and making sure that we keep facilitating that. It just <laughs> yeah. keeps going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's obviously a good sign compared to maybe some people's businesses or, or ideas where they're kind of like really struggling to get people interested in it. Like this, it sounds like it took off right, right out of the gate. Again, before we shift to what's going on now, it sounds like everybody gets something great out of this, right? Not just the the seniors that are visited, but the young people that are doing the visiting, again, under normal circumstances. What are some common either lessons or observations or things that you hear that people are getting out of this? So we actually, like a decade ago, I want to say, we implemented an online portal for like the chapter leaders to organize and track hours and request supplies from us, but the volunteers can also come onto this portal and journal about their experiences. You know, we don't pay them to do it. They don't have to. There there are incentives to win, you know, an intergenerational service award from us, LinkedIn references, or, you know, scholarship recommendation letters, things like that, that you can get. But they have the opportunity to reflect on their experiences. So we've collected over 10,000 reflective journals. And we actually have a professor who, uh, at um, they're in, in Jersey, forgetting the name of the school and I don't want to say it wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Stevens Institute of Technology. Stevens okay. Institute. She is actually doing her like statistic, statistician-ness on it and being able to pull out the key themes. And some of the key themes she's already found in these journals over a, you know, a decade is the theme of positivity, of understanding, of um, the, the transformative nature of the experience. So the volunteers are writing things like, you know, my grandmother lives in Malta. I can never visit her, 
but each month going into the senior home, being able to sit with a senior reminds me of those interactions I get to have with her. Or my grandmother raised me. I'm really close with her. And it's really close to me to be able to show the people in our community that we care about them, that senior citizens have something to offer. Or I just heard the craziest story. She was the first person in her family to have a job outside of the house. Or even more so, I'm the first person in my family to go to college and it's a full scholarship because of my service with Glamour Gals. Mm. And I wanted to end with that one because there is a great equalizer in service. If you're on a sports team, usually it's the captain who gets the scholarship, not the person who's like playing third doubles on the tennis team. Mm. But as a volunteer, if you can have an experience and write about it that impacts you and maybe another person, that essay could be the difference between a scholarship or not, an admittance or not. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like service is such a great equalizer. And as a program for the last five or six years, we actually provide scholarships. We teamed up with St. Peter's University in Jersey City, and they have scholarships, full presidential scholarships reserved for one or two Glamour Gals volunteers. So all of you looking for, you know, a full ride to college for your service, if you are a Glamour Gals volunteer, achieve a certain number of hours in grade point average, there are one or two scholarships reserved for you. That is how important, you know, service can be to a university. And I, I think it's just really important to show that you know, we are an accessible organization and one that can exercise their abilities both academically and professionally and socially to move people, you know, into the next parts of their lives. Awesome. That is amazing stuff, Rachel. It sounds like such a, a great organization that's helping everybody involved. Okay, so now let's take it up to the present moment here in the midst of COVID-19. Obviously, you're not able to, young people are not able to go into the senior homes. We're facing an increased problem as far as isolation among seniors. So now what are you, what are you doing? What's the organization doing? So we immediately press pause on our senior home visits and we send out an email survey to our volunteers and the seniors we serve and first said, how are you? What can we do and how can we do it together? And within a week, we pivoted 20 years of programming to safe, distanced and impactful programming. And the first one was our My Dear Friend letter writing campaign. I hold, I'm holding up a letter because it's as easy as taking a piece of printer paper and writing my dear friend. And the reason why we started it with my dear friend is that in the midst of a crisis to reach people, you want to make sure that, you know, if you write it to Helen so-and-so and there's 300 people in a senior home, how is she going to find Helen so-and-so during this crisis? So instead delivering maybe a hundred notes to a senior home that say, my dear friend, with kind words and affirmations on them are easily distributed and nobody is left out. Got Everybody it. can receive a note. Yeah. And it also mimics our programming that we usually do in the idea of intention. With a Glamour Gals makeover, when you put makeup on someone's face, there's a moment of like, oh, do they like it? Do they not? But they might be have to live with that makeup for a minute or two and they can always take it off. But there's a deliberate intention for choosing a color 
applying it to someone's face. It's those moments you share. And to actually physically write a note with marker or crayon that you can't just erase. You can't, the backspace on the computer. There is an intention behind your words. And it's that thoughtfulness we wanted to carry over. Mm. So that's that hashtag my dear friend letter writing campaign, kind note campaign. This month, we hope to have 5,000 notes delivered. We can talk a little bit more about that. Our second is our scholarship awards that I mentioned. They're usually held one day in May at a local senior home in New York City. And we do a scholarship celebration. Think of like the Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, but it's the Glammys. Um, we walked the hot pink carpet. Love so it. being that we couldn't go into a senior home this year, we said, why don't we take it virtual, but not just one day. Let's make it glamé. So we celebrated our volunteers and their work all month long, their advisors, the senior homes they serve, the seniors, and it culminated in a live streamed hot pink carpet on Instagram. We even had some of the seniors from the senior homes join us on our hot pink carpet Instagram. And then we created a Zoom ceremony, which was live streamed to YouTube. All those links are still available. It was such a great positive way to end the year for so many teens that literally no prom, no graduation, no yeah. friends, no social life. Yeah. It was just a wonderful celebration to do for great work. And then the third programming we instituted was actually our coloring book, which um, I'm holding up a picture of our first page that we created. My son, Luca, who's six and a half, colored it with me. Mm -hmm. What's really special about this particular program is that when we reached out to the senior homes, many of them said, why don't you send us coloring books? something they can do individually. We said, why not? Why are we going to just buy anything off Amazon? Why don't we create a coloring book of the program that we want to preserve our program, the one that we had to press pause on, and illustrate each page of the interactions and the moments that are in our program so we can share it, remember it, teach it. We're gonna, we hope to use it as a tool in classrooms for intergenerational empathy, curriculum and things like that. But what's really special is that each page is actually based on an actual program photo. So mm. we'll be launching this physical book in August. And, you know, we don't know when we're going to be able to walk back into a senior home. But I feel like by bounding our story and our program in a book that we can share with anyone is one step closer to getting back to a real hug. Real yeah. Hug. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome stuff. I'm thinking of our listeners out there. Well, one, we'll get to near the end, we'll, we'll talk about what actions they could take if they want to engage with you and Glamour Gals more. I'm thinking for the moment of our listeners out there that, you know, like all of us, we're all struggling right now with this, this situation. And as you said, we're not sure when we're going to be able to get back to, I mean, there might not be a getting back to the way things were. There might, it may always be a new normal, but hopefully we can get back to some semblance of you know, normal at some point. But as a founder of an organization, and maybe there's some other entrepreneurs out there, or there's some other founders, or just whatever people are doing out there that are listening to this, do you have any thoughts of what has helped you during this time to, you know, for example, you in a week, you were able to kind of pivot your whole organization to this new model. Any thoughts about that, that you might be able to share? Absolutely. I think I did have a moment of, what are we going to do? Like we are essentially out of business. And then yeah. I said, okay, we're not out of business. There's no way we could be out of business. And I immediately turned that off. It was like, I turned off a faucet of like really evil thoughts, <laughs> really 
like thoughts that would like just say, you know what, don't go, just, just close the doors and pack up and leave. And instead I go, this is when creativity rocks and rules. And when all the, the network that I had been building over all these years, I immediately went out to them and I can't take credit for the pivot alone. It was really, I can take credit for saying over the years I've networked and I've built an incredible group of people close to me that I can call upon for help and not yeah. be afraid to ask for that help. And so I immediately went to some of the key people and said, will you help me? And they said, yes. And then I literally booked like a hairdresser. I was like booking appointments, you know, one after another with them to say, let's do this together. And I don't want to take credit for it. So creating a group around you, like yeah. don't do it alone. And even if it's the first conversation you have with someone just being airing your, your dirty laundry of like, how are we ever going to get through this? Taking that moment and then packaging it up, putting it aside and saying, now let's do something together and let's move forward together. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It sounds like you, I think earlier in your story, you were, it wasn't long before you started to tap into other people's uh, expertise and, and, you know, building your team and so forth. And it sounds like that's a real key piece uh, for you. And I think as, as all of us as entrepreneurs, as, you know, aspiring leaders and founders that... <laughs> I need to remind myself of this sometimes, you know, this has been a really challenging time, obviously for everybody. I just, I'm not going to pretend that what hasn't been for me, but so this is a great conversation for me to be having as well. It's like, Oh, that's right. Other people, you got to get other people on your team. Okay. Well, so if people wanted to engage with you and your organization more, what would you like them to do and where would you have them go? Absolutely hit our website, glamourgals.org. And I always say, click on the link at the top that says, learn more. It's a hot pink bar that says right now, senior isolation is at 100%, learn more and get involved. And that will share the three new key programming that we're doing. Really, I would love to invite everybody to join us in our My Dear Friend letter writing campaign. A kind note goes a long way. I mentioned that one of our council members, who's a former alumni, she's a med student, she's not some social media influencer. She wrote one note and she tweeted a picture of it. And a Wall Street journalist found it. So the Wall Street Journal wrote an article because the journalist found the one note that someone tweeted about on just a normal account. So I always say, start with one kind note. Mm. You know, take a picture of it, hashtag it, my dear friend. You could tag Gigi Founder, that's me, tag at Glamour Gals, and let's share it and see how we can share that message. It's that easy or you can upload it directly to our site or go one step further and say, you know what, maybe I'll make the commitment to a particular senior home and connect with Gigi National and hold a little kind note gathering. Maybe instead of a morning meeting, you, you ask your colleagues to you know, write kind notes and we'll all send them to a particular senior home or you're in a school club and you just want to end the year strong or even do something over the summer to have a little good feeling and do something and, and move the needle, move the dial in the right direction for the world and to hold a virtual kind note writing party or, you know, with Glamour Gals and help us achieve those 5,000 kind notes delivered so we can go out into the community again and say, please share with us more senior homes that need kind notes and we'll make sure they're delivered. So we, we always want to achieve a goal and then surpass it and keep moving forward to more people. So we hope that 
Many will join us in this. You can also find a couple of the coloring sheets to download and if, you know, people have younger cousins or even find a moment for themselves to just color and, you know, think of something positive and read the, the quote that's on the page. You know, sometimes that can be really powerful too in these moments. Awesome, Rachel. Well, we'll be sure and include the links that you mentioned in the show notes for the episode page. So hell yes, lifers, if you want to support the campaign that Rachel mentioned or anything related to Glamour Gals, please head there. And Rachel, I forgot to mention this, but I usually like to wrap things up with my guests by saying hell yes together on the count of three, sort of a hell yes like that. Are you willing to do that? Sure, why not? (laughs) Okay, great. Okay, on the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Hell yes. All right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.